Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. This carries a message. You know, in everything else that we do enjoy. Um, it's, you've got to keep this one quiet, but I actually enjoy at this time of year going shopping. We share... Oh, look, let me qualify it. Only at this time of the year. But... Uh, and we were just chatting yesterday saying, you know, we'd enjoyed that. And it's good to think about gifts and giving gifts to people and all those sorts of things. So we enjoy that. But the fact is Christmas carries a message and we don't want to lose the message. And Christian was reminding us that over our six campuses uh, during this three-week period, there's been a multitude of services taking place and an opportunity to share the message and many responses And uh, people that have come through Arena, even on Sunday here, I want to say that I think the value of our early Tuesday morning prayer has borne fruit this Christmas season. There have been prodigals coming back. There have been people that you wouldn't have expected to come that have come. And we thank God for all of that. So uh, this morning, um, I... uh, Better get my nose. Um, So this morning, I'm going to do things slightly differently. I need four helpers. I'm not just... I probably need two grown-ups... And two, what I would call young people, if that's okay, if they'll come and help me for a minute. Uh, You've got to be able to sort of bend down and you've got to be able to stand here for the next 10 to 12 minutes without falling over and fainting. So, quick, I need four, I need four. Go on, Morgan. Lily, if you'll stand there for me, please. Morgan, I need two more. Yeah, Isaac, thank you. You've got to get that hat off because you've got to wear this one if you're going to help me. I'm not Santa, but these are Santa's little helpers, so you've got to wear that, you know. And uh, what I want you to do is all you've got to do is when I say so, pick one of those up in turn, and then when you finish with it, just put it behind you. Is that all right? And uh, I know what Isaac's like. Isaac, can you hold it up the right way, please, to make me look to, to, to make me look good? All right, thank you. Now, this morning, um, I was thinking about the message. And uh, so if you can pick the first uh, piece of paper up, please. That's a good start. That's it. If you pick the piece of paper up, guys. Yeah. That's the message. The why of Christmas. And I was thinking about uh, how to do it this morning and the guys at the back. And uh, over the last couple of years, we've tried to use media when the message is being spoken. And you probably know that. So Chris and Daniel and Chad and Olivia and Morgan, all the helpers at the back over the year. And it's one of those unenviable ministries that only gets attention drawn to it when it goes wrong. Um, Because then everybody turns round. Uh, Or you can feel the communicator at the front bristling. We felt it on Sunday. Okay. And, uh, and, um, but they do an amazing job. In fact, I wonder if we could just show our appreciation to the guys on back desk. Roland and the guys on sound. Thank you. They, they, they get here early and uh, they serve us so well and they look upon it as a ministry. They're part of a team and they encourage one another. And guys, we really do say thank you. We appreciate it. But I thought, let's give them a rest this morning. Yeah. Let's go back to old school. Yeah. You know, 
This is what you did 40 years ago in church, all right? So it's, it's pen and paper, it's writing that you can't read, it's all my fault, but the why of Christmas. So they're just going to help me this morning. This is the media. I love the media. I thought at one time that it would, um, it would sort of interrupt the flow, but I've really got into it. There's two things. One, it, it, it puts an onus on the communicator to craft well. Um, then it helps people to follow. That is good communication. At the end of something, you haven't got a clue what the person's been talking about. That's not good. So the why of Christmas, you can put that behind you and then pick the next one up. So the verse this morning, got to have a Bible verse, not a Nat King Cole song, got to have a Bible verse. All right. And so the Bible verse this morning, you see, these two, I knew it, I knew I'd have problems with these two, right? The Bible verse is Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. And it's, you shall bear a son and his name will be called Emmanuel. Sometimes with an E, sometimes with an I. Emmanuel, which means God with us. The why of Christmas. I want to give you the answer to the why of Christmas straight away and then try and unpack it for a few moments. But the great Christmas message of the why of Christmas is that simply God wanted to restore relationship with us. We're made for relationship, not just relationship humanly, but relationship spiritually. We're made for relationships that are external, but we're made for a relationship that impacts us on the internal. And I want you to think about us, because there's a sense where us can be applied individually, and I'm going to do that, but I want you to be encouraged today that also God's passionate about the us of community. He loves to draw us together. You see, you may be on a journey to becoming a Christian. You may be counting the cost of some of the things that you're going to lose if you become a Christian. But I want you to think this morning about what you're going to gain. You're going to step into a multi-million strong family called the church across the the global village that we call the world. And it really is amazing. God with us. And God's always had at heart community, togetherness. Next piece of paper, guys. And uh, thank you. Here's four illustrations. So number one in Genesis 2.18, God had created man, but he said it's not good for man to be alone. And so out of the rib of Adam, he created Eve, and they walked in this amazing covenant relationship. It was a, a first to give us an example of man and woman Dwelling together in harmony and commitment and covenant, not alone. And then, of course, in the Old Testament community, God particularly honed in on the nation of Israel, a community. You read in those books that nobody reads, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy, but you see the purpose of God. You see how he created community life. You see how he set boundaries of things to do and not to do. All still work today. And then... Uh, into the New Testament, the birth of the church. And uh, the church would be a lonely place if it was just me or if it was just Christian. But as I've said, he's multi-million strong. He started with 12 guys and their friends being filled with the Holy Spirit. And then immediately there were 3,000 added to that. And God adds daily to the church those that are being saved. He's been doing it ever since. I know that we live in an increasingly secular world that wants to diminish the church But let me just reiterate, there are certain parts of the world today where the church is growing faster than the birth rate of those nations, such is the move of God. Amazing. And then we've got heaven. 
You're not going to be on your own in heaven, but every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. I wonder if we're going to find out that God's real heart for worship when we get to heaven's black gospel, you know. Or maybe the Gaithers have got it right, you know. We're going to find out one day. But the fact is there's going to be a multiple, a kaleidoscope of colour in heaven. It's going to be glorious togetherness. That was God's heart from the beginning. And it still is. As the guys hold those uh, posters up, let me just give you 20 words that reflect community, us together, a nation, a city, a town, a street, a home, a family, a school, a church, a club, a crowd, a circle of friends, a gang, a band, a fellowship, a fraternity, an alliance, a cell, a caucus, a locality, and yes, a great big world of 7.4 million people. God with us. And then let me just read this verse that I don't have, but if you'll just listen for a moment, because in Colossians, which exalts Jesus in the New Testament, he says, give him thanks uh, to the Father who has qualified you to share in his inheritance of the holy people in the kingdom of light, rescuing us from darkness and has brought us into the kingdom of his Son, having redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Next one, please. Four things there. When Jesus came to the earth, the paradox of Jesus coming to the earth as a babe, there's so many lessons he's teaching us there. But the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Lamb of God, slain before the foundation of the world. It was all a journey to ultimately qualify you. You've gone for a job and somebody says, no, you're not getting that job. You're not qualified. You enter a sports competition and you don't qualify for the next round because you lose. We've got people, you may be even there today, you're religious, you're trying to qualify. If I come to church, if I try harder, if I give to community, you're never going to qualify. He qualifies you. He qualifies you. You just need to step into it. Number two, he came to claim you. If you don't allow Jesus to claim you, other things will claim you. Your career will claim you. Your desire for material wealth will claim you. We heard it all on Sunday. Your relationships will claim you above Jesus. He's come to claim you. And when you realise that, you put him first. He's come to rescue you, to give us salvation. Uh, we had an, uh, I've just been thinking about Evangelist Reinhard Bonke passing away a few weeks ago. His ministry won 77 million people to the Lord, particularly on the continent of Africa. And we ran some videos, I don't know whether you can remember, Christian, numbers of years ago, where he was teaching on evangelism. And there was a, a ship tossing in the waves. He was talking about rescue. That's what the word salvation means. And he came to redeem us. The word redeem means that we've been brought back to God by the payment of a price. I don't care how wealthy or how poor you are, you can't pay it. It's already been paid and he came to do all of that and he draws us to himself so here's the clue we have to in our us bring a personal response to God but then it leads us in the us of being together next one guys two to go and this is how we define it in arena church it's the rhythm to our journey of people coming to faith and then going on a journey of loving God number one we come to know God accountability I, I, 
I, I feel slightly, doesn't Christian do a great job on the thing here? Being a granddad over the last few years, I'm almost slightly more, feel a bit more qualified to do that again. Um, we're going to be racing around this afternoon. I was chasing Caleb on hands and knees the other, the other day with his trucks. He says, follow me, granddad, follow me, granddad. And, and I did. <clears throat> and um, knowing God, but here's the truth. God's got no grandchildren. I'm praying for my grandchildren, but they've got to make their own accountable decision in an age of understanding to know Jesus. And we, we believe that the expression of knowing God is baptism. If you've never been baptised by full immersion, how about making that wonderful 2020 year your opportunity to identify publicly with what God has done in your heart, knowing God. Number two, finding freedom, liberty. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And we believe that we do that in small groups, our small groups that are relational, our small groups that are functional, our small groups that have an emphasis on teaching and training, that maybe have a start date, an end date. But we're increasingly asking people to find a smallness that helps them go on a journey of continually finding freedom. How about in 2020, believing that even some of the things that have been prayed over in this Christmas morning service, you increasingly get free from. Fear, be gone. Habit, be gone. Things that control, be gone. Look, and then we discover our purpose. We find out how we're wired. Opportunity. And we do that in the church. No good asking me to go on the back desk. No good asking me to operate media. No good asking me to do sound. I'm useless at those things. But somewhere along the line, God got all of this kid from the council estate in Nottingham and says, I want you to be a communicator. You know, I, I didn't ask. Sometimes people get angry with me because they feel they ought to, not in this church, but in other churches, because they feel that they ought to be doing it. So it's not my fault. Take it up with God. Take it up with God. But you discover your purpose. Everybody here has been created to fulfill a purpose. Everybody, everybody, everybody. And then you make a difference with intentionality. And how do we best make a difference? When we do it in the power of us. When we do it in the power of belonging to teams. And team is an ethic that runs from the top to the bottom and to the left to the right in arena church. In fact, I can't think of us being successful in anything when we've individualised it. We do it in the power of team. And I encourage you today to hone down on your personal accountability. If you've never given your life to Jesus, how about doing it on Christmas Day? What a day to respond to Jesus. And then to find a few people that will help you increasingly find freedom. And then come to a place where your wiring comes under scrutiny with your opportunity to join with us to make a difference. It's amazing when it works. And so as I close, I come to my final point, last point, guys. Andy, thank you. The why of Christmas. Because actually, if you don't mind, it's a little bit wider than simply Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us, his birth. He stooped down in humility from the majesty of heaven to identify with us. And he's with us. There's a cliche that says that if you'd have been the only person that had been needing saving, he would have done it. He really, really would. But he saw the us of mankind, of humanity, of community, and he came. But then death for us, 
through his death on the cross, there was a plan, there was a purpose. God's a purposeful God, he's intentional. He doesn't do things by accident. 33 years later, the purpose of the birth, and it was for us. And then God in us, his spirit. I had people saying, Phil, it's no good me becoming a Christian. I'll never keep it up. That is absolutely true. You will, it, you trying to keep up the Sermon of the Mount, you trying to display the fruit of the Spirit is impossible. But when we become believers, the Spirit of God comes to live and dwell in us to make it absolutely possible to be a follower of Jesus. And finally, God to us. Because today we remember the first Advent, Christmas Day. But there's a day coming and the Bible says, don't bother second-guessing it, sensationalising it, camping round it. But one day there's going to be a second Advent. We sometimes call it the second coming. And God's going to come again to earth. Jesus Christ, not as a babe, but as the glorious King of Kings. He's going to wind up this age of grace. And that community of every tongue, tribe and people are going to find a fulfilment for the eternal age. And it's going to be awesome. So ladies and gentlemen, I can only echo Christian's words today. Thanks for being with us. Don't miss out in everything else that's taking place, even today, on the fact that Christmas carries a message. Emmanuel, God with us. Individualise it to yourself. Drive it down to your personal response. And then come on a journey with us and see what the Lord will do. Let's pray.